the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the date day edition of the Word to Stand On for Life. My name is Pastor Ken, and it's Thursday. So if you're a regular listener on this radio show, you know that on Thursday it's the date day edition. Well, normally it's Pastor Ron and Paula that get to do the date day, but since they're on vacation this week, uh, I've been able to fill in for him, taking your questions. And so today on this special date day edition, I get to share the radio studio with my beautiful wife, May. Hi there. Good afternoon, everybody. So everything continues as normal. We're going to take your Bible questions, questions uh, about relationships, questions about things that you're going, that are going on in your life. And, and ladies, if there's anything particularly heavy on your heart or things that you want to ask May about, we'll get a little bit of time to share our story today, but we're here to encourage you. And so on this day, day edition, let me give you the phone number. 210-340-9585. That's 210-340-9585. Toll-free number 877-630-5757. If you want to submit a question using the email address, that's questions at calvarysa.com. Well, we want to get right into it, uh, but first let me say something just quickly. Uh, I hope you're listening to this radio show today without any technical difficulties. I want to apologize to our radio listening audience. Uh, We had some technical issues that were simply unavoidable yesterday. And so if you were listening to the show yesterday, uh, it may have been difficult to hear anything. I will cover uh, the same questions, uh, briefly recap them uh, tomorrow. So if you submitted the question uh, for yesterday's show... Uh, please tune in tomorrow, and I'll try to cover them again. So far today, it looks like uh, we don't have any issues. Appreciate your prayers. But again, I want to apologize for the that inconvenience from yesterday. All right. Well, it's the date day edition, so that means my wife gets to talk. And so, <laughs> so sweetie, what's on your heart? Oh, first off, I want to uh, just say hello to our family our church family in Oceanside. I'm, I'm really thinking about the beach right oh, now yeah. <laughs> and how, how um, I'm just happy that you guys get to enjoy yourselves. Um, that pop gets to have some of that salt water on his legs and <laughs> that they just get to, to have a, a good time sunbathing and being with Jesus out there. So just wanted to you know, say hi. Absolutely. You know, Pastor Ron, he is a trooper. On Sundays, he is standing for hours and hours on end, and he'll never complain, but I know his knees are sore at the end of Sunday after three services. 
And so for him to go and what I refer to as that therapeutic Pacific Ocean water, uh, he's been talking about it. I'm sure he's enjoying it. I need some of that now, too. <laughs> In fact, the therapeutic I think, water. <laughs> I think he, sweetie, I think he mentioned something last week when he was telling the radio listening audience to, to listen in and tune in uh, to the Day Day edition, this, this show. I think he even said that he doesn't even really listen to me on the radio except for today when you're on. So <laughs> he's listening to you. <laughs> Okay, in that case, we love you and we miss you so much. And we just pray that you guys are having an awesome time out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And to the radio listening audience, he does send his prayers, both him and Paula. You know I say this every day because he does every day pray for you, especially when he's out listening to Jesus, sitting on their bench. Uh, Make no mistake, he's thinking about you too and praying for the radio listening audience. So please continue to pray for, for them. All right. So, sweetie, you and I have been pretty busy lately, uh, and we're not going to say how much we are looking forward to our vacation because we're here. <laughs> and so what's been going on with us lately? What's on your heart? Oh, um, we just got past a big graduation. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, it's festivities, <laughs> all the end of the year festivities with our four kids. Oh, yeah. And then one of our kids that just graduated, our oldest son, Caleb. And that was really, really big. I feel like I went over a mountain. <laughs> You're telling me you did a lot of work. You did all the work. And, and I remember Pastor Ron telling us and telling me, you know, when, when it hits January, it goes so quickly. This last semester of high school, uh, it just seems like there's one thing after another. Well, that's exactly what it was. And I thought, well, you know, graduation late May, we've got a couple hours where we've got to sit in the sanctuary and that's pretty much it. But like you said, sweetie, there was so much going on and so many festivities and so many planning things. And, and at the same time, what I really love was that we got to see uh, the Lord working in the hearts of the people that were involved, uh, Evangeline and, and Greg, uh, they Thank worked tirelessly. So yeah. The, but and yet they were Numerous people, actually. Oh, yes. yes. The decorating the ministry. Parent, all the parents of the class of 2019. Thank you so much. Thank I you. really love how you got to take uh, those opportunities where you had to work, decorate, and do all those things, but you were ministering to people, sharing and encouraging them. Uh, we had visitors that came in from out of town and and we got to see the Lord doing amazing things in the lives of our loved ones who, who flew in from a far distance. Um, one thing I was concerned about is I, I know that I, I was going to have guests in my home and also um, relatives that were staying with my, my mother-in-law, your mom. And um, so I was concerned that I would be a bad host so I apologized ahead of time because all of the festivities and stuff. But God showed off and turned oh, out to did. be awesome. There were some um, underlying things that were going on um, that were kind of hard. Like there was yeah. death um, with one of my best friends, and there was death in the family um, also on my dad's side. So there, yeah. was, there was things going on, yeah. but nevertheless, the Lord showed off and, and supplied all our needs. And so I, I just thank him. Have a, a grateful heart about yeah. the whole, you know, all all those events. It, everything. I can hear it in your voice. But it, it was a, it's still beautiful to know we do life. We do the things that we have to do. But ministry continues. And the Lord brings people to us. Uh, and he always reminds us, you know, even if we're busy doing things, uh, he always puts people in our path. And at the right time, because uh, like you'd mentioned, Sheila came and flew in from out of town, from out of state, really, at a real difficult time in her life. But yet she knew the Lord said to go. But while she was here, uh, she was going through a lot. And we were able to sit with her and pray with her and encourage her in the word. And and she came and and was surrounded by people here in the church body that, that, that 
also encourage her. Yeah. So they were all loved on. Yeah. They were, and I just think the whole body, like everybody, was so welcoming, mm-hmm. and and they got to see our lives. Like you know, they sat through some of the services, mm-hmm. and they just got to see how we live. And I thought that was a great, uh, just a, a great thing for them to see, not just like hear about us in Texas, but to see how we live. Right? Isn't it true, sweetie? Because you and I have uh, family and friends, uh, even church old church family friends from from California, and they knew we, we moved here because the Lord said to. Uh, and some have even visited us. But there's a mystique, or at least from their perspective, a certain mystique, like Jesus is more uh, present here. And these aren't our words. These are just the words that people say to us. And there's a lot of factors that go into that. People are busy, you know, soccer practice and all kinds of things in California. But the lifestyle, uh, when they come and visit every single time, isn't it true that they, they just feel like they're touched by the Lord when they're here? And it's not the place, it's the people, but it's the Spirit of God working in the people that are here. And I think there's something really attractive about that that they see. To be used by God when you're just serving him, when you're grateful for what he's done. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today. I mean, that really is our life story. Uh, for those of you listening uh, who are not familiar with our, our story, our testimony, May and I, uh, we have known each other for a very, very long time. Many years before uh, we even got saved. And, and, and I... I say jokingly, but I also seriously, that she's the the only person in this church family, in this church body that that actually saw uh, the, the the old Ken and what I was really and like. Pastor Alfredo. Uh, yes, and he 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 <laughs> knew a lot about me also, but you were the one that was there with me mm-hmm. and through the the darkest times and. Uh, now when people talk to us and they say things like, oh, we can't imagine you and May being that way and you guys are so sweet, but we know, oh, we know, oh, we know what the Lord has done. And and I think especially during this graduation time, it was particularly special because, you know, we look at Caleb, he was our firstborn, our eldest, and we think back to what it was like when, you know, we first got saved and then then we got married and then we had our first child we were so new and young in the lord even if it was you know a couple years after we got saved in 97 but i remember when we first got saved we were thinking okay all those horrible things we used to do and all those terrible things that our lives revolved around now that God has forgiven us of our sin. He's given us a brand new start. And we were so grateful. But then we thought, Lord, did we mess ourselves up so bad that we're not going to be able to have a family? I remember thinking about that. We were forgiven and we knew we were brand new in Christ. But because we knew about our past, and even if we knew that our past was no longer held against us, one of the scary thoughts we had early on in our walk with the Lord was, well, God, are you calling us back together? I mean, what if we we messed ourselves up so bad that we're never going to be able to experience having a family? And then fast forward to Caleb's graduation. That's all I could think of when we were sitting in the audience looking at him. I'm just grateful. I'm just grateful. Do you have any thoughts about that? It was fast, fast, fast forward. (laughs) (laughs) The 18 years felt like a couple years when I think about it. And uh, I just, uh, I just appreciate uh, how, how everything went and and um, the love poured out uh, to these kids, to Mm. the seniors past year. One of the things that uh, I thought about when we were sitting there, and I don't think I've even had a chance to talk about this, but thinking about what 
the Lord has done. While we were sitting there listening to Caleb give his graduation speech, uh, obviously he's our first child, our first graduation, our first high school graduation. But he's a lot like you, sweetie. I mean, he was, he's, he's got such, uh, I don't know, a presence about him that the people, his classmates and his friends, they just, they just seem to gravitate towards him. And we all know that's Jesus, of course. It's, it's nothing in and of himself, and that's exactly what he would say. But when I look at that, and I see what the Lord does with, with a person, just a normal person that's committed and submitted to doing his will and glorifying him, it amazes me. It really does. And you and I have talked, Sweetie. I mean, we remember when we were his age. We were nothing like him. We were nothing like him. And, and that just amazes me because when we were brand new in the Lord, we never knew we'd be here and, and, and just having a front row seat and watching the Lord work. It's just yes. an amazing thing. I look thing. forward to what the Lord will do with him in the future. Ah. And it's, it is um, very, very, it's reassuring because mm -hmm. um, he's going to be in Los Angeles in January. That's right. So it's reassuring to know that the Holy Spirit will speak to him, and that he does have a relationship with the Lord, because, you know, I, I think apart from that, then it would be very, very oh. it's going to be hard, but it's, it would be very, very hard. Well, you know what, uh, parents, I hope you're listening to that, because uh, this is a day and age, and I know we hear this often, but this is more true today than it really ever has been. Our children are bombarded, absolutely bombarded with good being called evil and that which is evil being called good. And we know that the Bible says that's what it's going to be like in the end times, but that's how it is today. And it isn't so much that it's an, an anomaly, but it's so much more prevalent than we realize. Our own kids are not just exposed, but almost indoctrinated into this worldly way of thinking uh, that if they don't have uh, a deep love relationship with Jesus, a solid foundation in his word, like you said, sweetie, yeah. they've got no chance. That, that reminds me of um, last night there was the Old Testament study from Pastor Brian. That's right. And the verse, one of the verses he mentioned, or a passage he mentioned was 1 Timothy 6, verses 11 through 12, 11 and 12. And let me read it. But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you also call, also called, were also called, and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. So he was talking about pursuing righteousness, mm -hmm. fleeing unrighteousness, and pursuing righteousness. And you talking about Caleb or even mm -hmm. any young adults, you know, going out into the world after high school, um, it, it reminds me of how the world will try to change your goals and, Make it all about, you know, achieving for yourself these things. And, you know, and I, I know that there's there's joy in accomplishment, but the greatest joy is really to please the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so it, it reminded me of the worldly view as compared to the godly view. And the godly view is is pleasing Christ above all things. And so in, in all your pursuits, I'm talking to young adults right now, <laughs> in all your pursuits, it, it'll it'll um, do you well to make sure that uh, your your goal is to please Christ, mm -hmm. and that that first and foremost. And I think in in, in all that, yeah. then you know you'll be good. <laughs> well, what you just said is so important. I I I just want to make sure we're absolutely clear, especially to the younger generation. But this applies to everyone. Before we were Christians, all we know is to please ourselves. We have to look out for number one. We have to look out for ourselves. We are trained 
by the people around us, even by our well-intentioned parents, that, you know, you do whatever you can to make the most money possible. You, you have to, uh, you know, work 100-hour weeks and, and make sure you invest all of your blood, sweat, and tears into your career. And, and in academia, you, you make sure you try to achieve the, the highest level of, of, of a degree. And again, like you said, sweetie, we're not against working hard. In fact, we have to work hard. But the motive... It completely changes when we become born again. And as a young person, all you know is to do what's best for you. But when you give your life to Jesus and he takes your old heart out and he gives you his heart, um, like we learned that Paul the Apostle writing to the Galatians, uh, oh, I'm sorry, to the Ephesians, he says, learn, find out what pleases the Lord. Find out what pleases the Lord. And we live our lives to please the Lord uh, instead of living our lives to please ourselves. Uh, I, I will be talking a little bit about that this Sunday, but it's such a simple thing. But I think it's often overlooked because uh, we want to we please ourselves, but we can't please ourselves. That passage that you quoted, uh, it says, Flee from unrighteousness. You can't, uh, you can't flee and pursue righteousness. I mean, sorry, you can't pursue righteousness and pursue Jesus at the same time. They go in opposite directions. So when you are fleeing from unrighteousness, you've got to pursue Jesus. And, and I, I love that because, well, before Christ, all I do was I'm just going for mine. I, I'm, I'm, I'm chasing the dream. And I'm trying to get mine. And that doesn't satisfy anything. I love how it says, lay hold on eternal life. It reminds me also of the verse in Philippians 3, um, the one where it talks about where um, that, I might, that I might be found in him. Ooh, um, yes. And be, preceding that where it says, um, I consider things all lost, that I may gain Christ. Oh, and then that I might be that I might be found in Him, and I love that. That's what it means to lay hold of eternal life. So I, I love those words. Just, I, that I, should be goals for uh, the kids. That's right. You know, hashtag goals. There you go. There you go. <laughs> goals to to the goal should be to lay hold of, of eternal life. The, the upward calling. It mm-hmm. yes, but hashtag goals. That, that's funny. <laughs> That's funny. But that is exactly what Paul the Apostle is talking about in Philippians chapter 3. We do have some questions that were submitted, which we will uh, address in the second half of the date day edition. We've still got a few minutes here, so let me give you the phone numbers on this side of the break. The phone number to call in with your questions is 210-340-9585. That's 210-340-9585. Toll-free number is 877-630-5757. 877-630-5757. And of course, the email address is questions at calvarysa.com. Uh, I've got less than three minutes. And so I, I, I want to say one more thing, and I don't want to belabor the point, but... Uh, To our younger audience, I mean, as a parent speaking, uh, I remember what it felt like to be at that age. I mean, you're invincible. At least you feel like you are. Uh, You know, you can eat uh, 10 Twinkies and Ding Dongs and and (laughs) still go run miles, sprint for miles. and, 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 you know, that translates into your worldview, your mindset, if you don't have Jesus, thinking, you know what, I can do whatever it is I want. And the enemy uses that to trap us into thinking that we don't have to submit our lives to Jesus in order to experience life the way it was supposed to be experienced. And the fullness of life comes in the chase of 
are trying to attain all these worldly pleasures and material possessions. And I'm describing myself. I remember when we met, sweetie, we were, I mean, that was my life. There in, in the south side of San Diego at the, the midnight drag races near the Tijuana border on the 905 freeway. <laughs> That's where you and I met, and uh, there was no Bible study there. That's for sure. But, but I think back, and I, even if the times have changed, the enemy's tactics don't change. The things that we gave ourselves over into are the same exact things that the enemy uses on the young kids today. So I am encouraged when I see young men like Caleb, like the other uh, men and women, uh, some in his class and people in his age that are loving Jesus and producing great fruit. Well, you can hear the music. Sweetie, that means we're done with the first half of the date day edition. It's Thursday. That means, ladies and gentlemen, you can call in with your call questions. <laughs> uh, we'll be back in two minutes for the second half of the date day edition of the Word to Stand On for Life. Back to the word to stand on for life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the date day edition of the word to stand on for life. My name is Pastor Ken, and today is the date day edition. That means my beautiful wife, May, is in the studio audience with me. And I will take Pastor Ron's line and say, I've got the most beautiful woman in Texas with me in the studio. Hey. <laughs> Mama, you're beautiful. You are beautiful. <laughs> we want to say hi to Pastor Ron and Paula, who, uh, if you're tuning in for the first time today, they're on vacation in California and they are marinating in that salt water of the Pacific Ocean, uh, making sure his knees are nice and strong. Um, our producer made sure um, that we know that, it, that it's National Vanilla Shake Day, National <laughs> Ice Cream Soda Day, and National Eagle Day. So we, I had to mention that. That is funny because <laughs> during the, the commercial break, we started talking about uh, vanilla shakes. And, and, and funny enough, sweetie, that's actually a part of our past. Uh, we started talking about thrifty ice cream and, yes. and you and I going. Now, I know Pastor Ron used to go. Uh, in his day, it was probably, you know, one cent. But <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was 10 cents, maybe, I think maybe it was 15. 15 cents. Maybe, <laughs> scoop, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, but still, we remember thrifty ice cream and we remember that uh, going there and getting that getting ice cream from a real ice cream person that would serve it to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, nowadays, well, I don't could, know how it is. You could get the gallons at the Rite Aid in California. <laughs> <laughs> I love that because it's things like that, sweetie, that we, we think about, and like we were talking about Caleb's graduation, things in our story, in our past, that we look back on and reflect on how good the Lord has been. Uh, I mentioned briefly right before the break that, uh, you know, you and I, we met in uh, early 90s uh, there at the drag races and nowhere near being saved. But we look back and think, wow, Lord, it's amazing what you have done in our lives. Uh, And together, uh, we have that. You and I, we have that to cling to. And that brings me to uh, a couple of questions that were submitted for our date day edition. And I just mentioned yes. it's Milani's birthday tomorrow, oh. seventh birthday. That's oh our my youngest. Goodness. Yeah. So we've got Caleb, who's 18, <laughs> and then we've got Milani, our youngest, who turns seven tomorrow. Yes. That is nuts. <laughs> that is nuts. Uh, yeah, and Milani is making sure everyone knows it's her birthday. <laughs> yes. So. <laughs> 
So here's the first question we'll get right into that was submitted for our date day. In ministering to people, I find that it's easy to find scripture that speaks to the situation, but it is very hard for people to actually put to practice the scripture. How do you deal with this problem where the where mindset is, I know what the scripture says to do, but it's hard to do. So, sweetie, I'll let you kind of answer that first, because I know this is something you deal with directly when it comes to counseling with women that are going through some really difficult things. Well, my initial thought when I hear that this happens to people, and sometimes, of course, we experience that too, where we know what to do and it's hard to do. Um, I just say like that, Nike, (laughs) just do it. Well, if you have, if you have the Holy Spirit, he will, he's, you know, God is faithful and he's given us the Holy Spirit so that we can um, draw upon his strength and we can use that in order to, you know, do whatever God says in the scripture, whether it be to, um, you know, cut something off in your life or to flee unrighteousness. And that's usually what it is, what it is. Um, fleeing unrighteousness. God has given us those tools, and we just have to have that faith and say, you know what, I'm going to do it. And and after you, after you do it, and then you do it again, you know, and you make a habit of it. And and that's and I was thinking also of First um, Corinthians ten thirteen, where it says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with that temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So God is faithful and he's given you what you need in order to succeed. So I just, I love that we're equipped that way. We just have to not only believe it, but just do it. <laughs> That's absolutely right. And and I want to add more to that, but I do not want to keep our, our radio callers waiting. So we've got a a call line one, Jim from San Marcos. You're on the air. Yep, the same old Jim from San Marcos. I got a I got a different question today, though. Hi, uh, right, Jim. Thanks for calling. I'm I'm changing jobs. Uh, I work in the education field where it's just not working at the place I'm working at. But uh, I was just wondering. People tell me I'm supposed to be a pastor, but I've never gone to seminary or anything. Are there places you can become a, a a pastor, an assistant pastor, or whatever, uh, and not be like seminary guy. Oh, Jim! You know, great question. Great question. Uh, so I can answer that. In fact, I can answer it clearly in two ways. Number one, you don't need a piece of paper to validate the calling uh, on your life. When when God calls a man. Uh, into ministry, and for whatever ministry that is, he equips us, uh, number one, with his spirit. And he, he he does whatever needs to be done in our hearts so that we will be fully equipped. This is what Ephesians 4 is all about, uh, 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 to do the ministry that he's called us to. So, Jim, no, you don't need to be uh, a seminary graduate. Uh if that's what the Lord calls you to do, well, then that's great. But I'll tell you what Pastor Ron told me. And this is the second thing I wanted to, to answer with. When, when I first got here 13 years ago, uh, I knew that I was called to be a pastor, uh, but I didn't know how and that was going to happen. And I, wasn't, I certainly wasn't going to uh, push it. Um, so what I did was talk to Pastor Ron about it. And and I said the exact same thing that you're saying. You know, people have been telling me that this is something you may be called to do. I don't know. How do I know? And he told me, uh, I don't need, I don't, uh, Bible college is not a requirement to be a pastor because that was my question. I said to him, you know, I'm thinking about going to Bible college because I, I think I, I want to become a pastor. I feel like that's what the Lord is leading me to do. And the very first thing he says, you don't, you don't need to go to Bible college to, to validate what God has already called you to do. And then he said this. He said, but be here. And what he meant was 
Start serving here. Because being a pastor means you have a shepherd's heart. You have to be a student of God's word. You've got to know God's word and be intimately familiar so that you can uh, live it and so that you can teach it. But uh, a pastor has to also love God's people. And if you have a heart for God's word and you have a heart for God's people, on Jim, this sounds like you. And if you feel like that's what God is calling you to do, uh, you don't need to, certainly don't need to uh, go through training. Now, again, if that's what the Lord calls you to do, then you can do that. And the last thing I would add is this, Jim, if you're still listening, how do you start? What do you do? Well, just like Pastor Ron said to me, you do the work without the title. You do the work without the title. You start ministering to the people around you. And you're not giving them your opinion, Jim. You're giving them God's word. You make sure every person that you talk to, every person that you interact with, every person in your home, every person in the workplace, uh, you make sure they see Jesus in you, that they hear Jesus in your speech. I like Titus chapter 2 says that when we work, uh, slaves work unto their masters. When they obey the word of God, they make it attractive to the people around them. And Jim, that's what I want you to do. I want you to make Jesus so attractive in you and through you that people are drawn to you. And not so that you'll become a popular pastor, but so that you can minister to the heart uh, of people. And when you start to see people as the object of God's affection, uh, instead of being irritated by them, you, you, you're compassionate towards them, then uh, it's a pretty good sign that you have a shepherd's heart. And, and uh, lastly, Jim, I would say, just God bless you. That there, we need more godly men who are in love with his word and in love with his people out there so uh thank you jim for calling uh and if you have any more questions about that i will be praying for you uh, and that god will provide an opportunity for you to minister to the people around you just do that i love that sweetie uh you remember when we first got here i had that conversation in fact uh to elaborate a little bit on Jim's point here, I still have in my nightstand drawer the the uh, sealed envelopes that were my transcripts for Bible college, uh, my, my, my college transcripts. Uh, I had a letter of recommendation written by Pastor Ron, sealed in an envelope. When he handed it to me, that's when he said, you know what? Everything you'll learn in Bible college, you'll learn here. So just be here. I tucked it away into that drawer, and I've never pulled it out since then. And, you know, 13, 14 years later, it's still sitting there. <laughs> so, Jim, I, I hope that encourages you. All right, let me get back to our, uh, the, well, let me give the number, 210-340-9585. 210-340-9585, the toll-free number, 877-630-5757. Questions at calvarysa.com. That's the email address to submit your questions if you choose to do so that way. Uh, right after the break, sweetie, this is what uh, I'd asked you about. Ministering to people, we get a question that says, wow, how do you deal with people when their problem is they have a mindset that says, I know what, what the Bible says. I know what scripture says to do, but it's so hard to do. And you, you, you gave the perfect answer. And I want to elaborate on that uh, passage in second Corinthians chapter 10, verse five, where Paul is telling us to take our thoughts captive. And, and the key comes right after that. Not just take them captive, but Take them captive to the obedience of Christ. What that means is that we have to conform our thoughts to God's word. It's like we take our, our, our thoughts prisoner. 
and and we 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 constrain them into a a jail cell, a prison cell that is God's word. There is no way out of it, and so we forcibly take our thoughts because our thought life is where the the battlefield for spiritual warfare takes place, and that's where the enemy always attacks us. And when people say, "Well, I know what the scripture says, but..." Man, it's so hard to actually do it. Number one, you've got to fight uh, your flesh and your thoughts, your fleshly thoughts, um, by taking them captive to the obedience of Christ. Because when somebody says, I know what the scripture says, everything after that, to me, uh, really is irrelevant because you are now accountable. Now, if something is preventing you then you know the Word of God says, just do what it says, like you said. Your Nike statement, just do it. But um, I just wanted to mention that God is so gracious because he doesn't give up on, on people when they don't do it. <laughs> I think he, he has that grace, and then he'll, he'll be faithful to bring another opportunity uh, for, for them to be obedient. Oh, yeah. Until they learn. <laughs> yeah, you are so gracious. You're right. And I, I, in counseling, when we're sitting there together, uh, it's not a good cop, bad cop thing, but there are some times when I can be direct. And, and just like what That's you said. That's why I'm your wife. <laughs> <laughs> you are absolutely right, though. God is gracious. And when we mess up, and when I mess up, I'm saying to this question, when you know what the Scripture says and you messed up by not doing what it says, well, he'll give you another opportunity. And when you have that opportunity the next time, just do it. Just like you said, I love that. Just obey. I will add one more thing, too. We cannot be surprised as Christians when our flesh is contradictory to the Spirit. I mean, that's what Galatians tells us, that the flesh and the Spirit are constantly uh, warring against each other. And I think sometimes as Christians, we want them to get along and be friends so that, well, we can obey God as long as our flesh is okay with it. You know, we can go and do something and, you know, our flesh happens to agree with it and we feel like, well, we're obeying God when we're actually obeying the flesh. That's a, a, a dangerous thing. We have to remember that the spirit is always going to be in opposition to the flesh, and the flesh is always going to be in opposition to the spirit. And if we subject ourselves to the obedience of the flesh, uh, then time after time of doing that, it's going to be hard to do when we say, you know what, we need to obey the spirit. But like you said, sweetie, when we make it a practice to die to ourselves, and, and that means dying to our flesh. When we die to ourselves and, and live in the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, it becomes almost easier. I mean, it's always going to be hard, but God empowers us with His Spirit so that the next time we have the dilemma of choosing between the Spirit and the flesh, it's a little bit easier because, well, we chose the Spirit last time, and look what God did. So we're going to choose the Spirit again. And again and again, we do that. In that passage in Galatians, uh, he, he, Paul says, don't grow weary in doing good. Obeying the Spirit of God is good. And so that's what I would say when you, when you talk to people, when you're ministering to people, uh, to the person that submitted this question, they know the scriptures, but it's hard to do. I would say, well, do you really know what it says? And if you do, then you need the Spirit of God. You need to be with him so that the Spirit of God in you will empower you to do what he wants you to do. It's so hard too, sweetie. Isn't it true that dying to our flesh is, it just never gets easy. Dying to our flesh is hard. But we got to do it. We got to do it. And and if we don't, uh, we'll always find ourselves in a place where we say, "How did I end up here?" 
How did it get this bad? If we let the flesh have its way, instead of dying to our flesh, we live in the flesh, well, then we will be at a place where we end up saying, how did it get this bad? And we've dealt with people in those situations. Uh, let's move on to the next question. Uh, Pastor Ken and May, in your own walk with Christ, which verses have been the most valuable to you and why? Uh, well, I've been talking a lot, Sweetie, so I'm going to let you talk. <laughs> well, while you were talking, you mentioned two of, two of my verses, which um, were um, Philippians 4, about thinking on these things. Um, when I first got saved, especially, I knew that my biggest battle was my mind. So I've been clinging to um, Philippians 4, 6 through 9 for years. So I, I, I memorized those verses pretty much. And, um, it's, it's talking about be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, offer your requests to God and the peace of God. Guard your heart and your mind. And then, um, and it goes on to say then to think of all these things, whatever is noble, whatever is true, mm-hmm. whatever is um, pure. And so, so setting your mind, like that has been big for me to set my mind on Christ and to set my mind on the things that that's good. And I, I often reflect, and this helps me in my walk, to, to reflect on his goodness and um how he's been faithful and um so and it and it always helps because like if i'm going through like a tough time it it just gets my mind off myself yes and helps me to just be um christ-minded you know heaven heaven minded you know i want to elaborate on something that you just said because to me this is so important and then i'll share a little bit about what what passages i've kind of reflect on uh, that passage in Philippians 4, my favorite part is when Paul says, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, and I know you highlighted that part, the with thanksgiving, that phrase to me, it changes everything. Because I can pray and just offer to Jesus a whole laundry list of complaints. And that isn't something that gives me the ability or the, uh, to hear God, to listen to God. I, I want to hear the Spirit of God speak to my heart. And, and so I, with thanksgiving means that, yes, I bring to Jesus my, my prayer requests and the things that are heavy, but I also want to come to him with gratitude with thanksgiving. And, and I think from the beginning of our show, that kind of set the tone. We are grateful. Above all things, we are grateful. And that leads me into what I wanted to share, I think, of, of Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth is my favorite person in the Old Testament. And, and the reason why is because that's me. He's crippled and he's helpless and he's been through a lot. But, but what really strikes me, what strikes a chord with my heart about Mephibosheth is the transition you see in him. From chapter 9 of Second Samuel, his introduction there, and his, in chapter 15, and then especially in chapter 19, this is what really gets to me. And I'll make this quick because I know we're running short here on time. But Mephibosheth was betrayed by his own uh, guardian, Ziba. And uh, when David finally confronts him in chapter 19 and says, Mephibosheth, why'd you turn your back on me? He says, no, I didn't. I never did. I was always there for you. And, and he lied. Ziba lied about me. And then when David went to, to give back the land to Mephibosheth, this is what he said. He said, No, let him take everything. I don't need it. Let him take everything because I know that the Lord my king has arrived. He just wanted to be with the king. And that's what happens when you have a grateful heart. You look back on what Jesus has done. A couple of verses earlier, this is what Mephibosheth says. He says, 
I deserve death. Me and my descendants, we deserve death. And that's what I cling to. I know it sounds extreme, but it really sets my perspective, sweetie. I, I want stuff. My flesh complains about stuff, but at the end of the day, I deserve to be dead. And, and I'm grateful that I'm not and that I'm alive and being used by God. So that's your life passage? It's my life guy, Mephibosheth. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's like chapters 9, 15, nine, and well, I could talk about gratitude forever. That's just my favorite thing. It's forgiveness that we receive, but it's gratitude is the natural byproduct of it. Well, want to know my fluffy verse? Yes, go ahead. You've got two minutes. That I like to reflect on often um, in, the, like in the moment and now, like, you know, now in my life. It's um, Psalm 139, 17. And 18, how precious also are your thoughts to me, O God, how great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. And I love thinking of my worth and how God thinks of me and how his thoughts are numerous like that, you know, like the, like the sand in, the, in a beach. You know, you can't, can't count it. The beach, the beach. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> it's like in the back of our heads. The oh, beach. my goodness. That... I think we're going to have to hit the beach. <laughs> Look at that. And there's the music. Oh, what a perfect segue. Oh, but you're absolutely right. I love thinking about how Jesus thinks about me. Well, guys, that's the end of the date, the edition for the Word to Stand On for Life. Sweetie, it was great having you in the radio studio today. It was great to be here. Thank you. Bye, everyone. See you tomorrow. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.